You are listening to the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please be sure to show your support and follow us on our other social media platforms. Check out the links listed in the description of this episode to find out more. Thank you. Like like a fur, like a dark fur, like a horse fur. But it's just a Blair Witch with bundles. She's just got like, it's just a woman with really long hair. I'm talking like 70 share hair and she's there like swinging inches, it back and forth. Inches. She's just got, she's T.S. Madison, 20, 22 inches. <laughs> Two homos called Liam look into the world of horror, get lost in the woods, meet some scary bins, and she locks us in a basement. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah, that happens a lot. It happens more than you think, actually. I know. That's the real life horror story there. That's that's a hook up horror story for this week. You're welcome. Bye. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for this episode. Hi, gay. Happy Pride Month. We are sashaying away with deals. Happy Pride Month, everyone. This is the uh, first yes. of our Pride specials that we're, we're bringing out this month. I'm so excited for, for this I know. episode. And, be great. and the LGBT community this month gets to celebrate one of our biggest icons. That is Ellie Kedwood, the Blair Witch herself. Woo! It is hot as a witch's coochie out. <laughs> Um, Rustin Parr was probably by. I just want to say, I'm part of the LGBTQ community. I'm really excited <laughs> for this episode because, um, yeah, I'm spouting a load of nonsense that some of you may not know what I'm talking about. Um, but we're talking about the Blair Witch Project today and the subsequent films. Um, but this is my, this is one of my favourite horror films, so I'm absolutely over the moon. And I'll tell you why it's queer in a bit, because... I'm interested to to yeah. see this, to be honest, because when we had the chat and we were like, let's each pick a film, like a, a queer horror film or something that we, we really, really like. And then this was your choice. I was like, okay, have I like really missed something or is there going to be like something that we're reaching for with this? Or I don't know. So <laughs> I'm excited to see how this film's queer. I'm but... always reaching for something. Hi, Daddy. <laughs> I've set you up for that one, so uh, yeah. well, well done. You you took that took that well. Usually, usually low hanging fruit. Um, <laughs> you get my drift. I get your drift. Yeah. <laughs> Whore. Yeah. So yeah, we will be discussing the 1999 hit phenomenon, The Blair Witch Project. I think it's one of the most incredible horror films ever made, and there's only maybe three films that actually like petrify me and this is mm-hmm. number one like this is the one i like i haven't watched it in preparation for this because i know it <laughs> off by heart but um it just genuinely terrified it scares me i don't want to sleep last night i've got to go to the gym Stop me up in the gym just working on my fitness he's my witness <laughs> uh, do we have to pay royalties to Fergie for that? Because I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was less than a 15 second clip. Um, so I think we're the, fine. <laughs> the only clip of Fergie that I want to hear in this episode is. <laughs> Can you imagine? In this film, they pick out the tent and it's just Fergie in leather trousers. Can't we? <laughs> 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 
Oh, it's just her. I, to be fair, sh- oh my god, tenuous link. They do sing the national anthem in this uh, in this film. Oh. They could have <laughs> could have done the Fergie version. Can you see the early There is there is a scene where Heather does go for a piss and quite famously Fergie did the same thing on stage so absolutely just (laughs) (laughs) it started already it started that's all I'm gonna think about when I watch it next time (laughs) maybe that'll make me less scared now see when therapy that's what this is it's therapy so you're welcome I've just got to give a a shout out to whoever made the parody online of the Share Witch Project before we start. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. That would be incredible. Imagine like you trekking through the woods, you get lost, and you all you hear is like, hey bitch, <laughs> snap out of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'd shit it. That was quite a good impression. Well done. Oh, I'm here all week. I'm here all month. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about this film because I think it's a film we've both grown up with. And like you said, yes. it, it kind of redefined the genre. I mean, it, it really did kind of start mm-hmm. the whole found footage craze, which yeah. has dominated the last couple of decades now. So well the yeah, the the most famous like found footage film before this would have been Cannibal Holocaust, which mm. is a film that I I don't like to talk about because it just Can't reminds me of no. it's it just reminds me of those like edgy straight guys who were always like, oh, the best horror films in the world, like Cannibal Holocaust and a Serbian <laughs> film. <laughs> and it's like it's okay, massive. Yeah. Um so back to share in the woods, yeah. Back okay. to share. <laughs> no, um, so how can you remember the first time you watched the Blair Witch Project at all? Do you remember how old you were? I can't remember how old I was, but I can remember it was it was sometime after the the film had come out. Like I didn't watch it in '99, mm. but I did. The first time I watched it was actually on DVD. I can remember it was with my mum. Uh, I think a neighbour lent it to us because they knew that I really liked horror films. And I've got to say, I really did not have the best experience with it the first time I watched it. I absolutely hated it, to be quite honest. But it's definitely a film that I've really grown to appreciate and love as yeah. as I've grown older. Um, I actually said last night when I was I was watching it, I said to my other half, I was like, I think this would have been the first time I actually watched the film, having like studied filmmaking and actually gone through a similar journey to like the characters in the film. And yeah. I think that really made it quite terrifying because I have so many experiences in the woods at night shooting yes. movies that are Same so similar. You. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't know. I think that helped me enjoy it mm. maybe a little bit more. It, it's one of those films which is weird. Like you said, uh, I think, you know, the more I've watched it, I, th- I think mm. the scarier it gets. I noticed like sounds this time around that I'd not noticed at all the first time. And I think the performances have actually really grown on me as well. But what, what about you? How did How did you get into it? So I was... I remember quite vividly, I was driving back um, from my auntie's house. It was like quite late at night and we were driving. If if anybody knows the route, shout out. It's <laughs> from, from Stoke-on-Trent to Manchester. You can drive through, um, rather than going down the M6, you mm-hmm. can drive through like like some country roads near Elderly Edge. Yeah. Um, Let's ride. And for some reason, like whenever we drove back to manchester they'd always go that way i don't know why i absolutely um, hate country roads at night 
I, I find that wow. quite terrifying, to be honest. I never used to until this. Um, so <laughs> until this film. There was a, there was like a new segment on, and they were talking mm. about... The scariest film ever made, or the scariest film since The Exorcist, I think it, they were saying. Mm. And they were talking about how people were freaking out about it in cinema. So already I was like, oh God, what the hell is this film? I don't want to watch it. It sounds yeah. horrible. But then like... As a kid, curiosity really got the better of me and I needed to know what it was. So I ne- obviously never got to see it in cinemas because 1999, I was re- a redacted age at that point. Um, <laughs> but my nana, as she shout out to Di because she gets brought up a lot in this. She worked at a blockbuster and I'll die. Um, I remember seeing it and I was like, oh, I, I want to watch it. And she was like, you're already scared of this. You haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> Logical, speaking facts. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't. (laughs) And she knew the hype around it as well. And she was saying, everybody's coming in and and getting this video. Everyone's getting this video out. But she managed to get a copy for me (laughs) Um, through other means. Um, Okay. (laughs) Do do you know, know, like, remember those... those dual VHS recorders where you can yeah. take what's on what. Yeah. Oh my god, um, that, that must have made it actually scarier yeah. in some ways. Well, I imagine. Yeah. Block, blockbuster can't sue her because they're not around anymore. So, mm. so I got my own copy that I could watch as many times as I want because of that. And I remember watching it the first time, and I had to keep turning it off because I was crying. I was really scared, oh. like really, really scared. And then at one point, I went to my mum and I was like, "Can you watch this with me, please?" <laughs> My mum, my mum does not watch horror films. She fucking hates them. The only horror film my mum loves is The Lost Boys because she does have yeah. exquisite taste. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she sat down and watched it with me, and it was it was good because I could hide behind my mum when I got too scared. Got to the end, I didn't sleep. I, I couldn't not. sleep. I was absolutely petrified. But then I'd keep watching it just to scare myself because that. Obviously, like being scared, yeah. um, and and to this day, I it still scares me. But it also sparked a massive obsession with me. So I ended up. There used to be a series of young adult books called the Blair Witch Files. Mm. Um, yeah, I vaguely I, remember those. I, yeah, I saw one of them at a school fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody used to bring the book fairs around oh my god i used to look yeah. that was honestly the shit yeah. i used to stop mm-hmm. up on so many goosebumps books then that oh, was so, so because oh. i was because we were from a low-income poor family um <laughs> I, used get a book get, voucher. I used to get book vouchers same, so, same. yeah yeah i'd use it on goosebumps and yeah. uh the blair witch files so anything to do with the blair witch i would i would consume and be yeah. terrified um, so that's like my backstory with it. And to this day, it stuck with me to the point where even though it scares me, I really want a Blair Witch tattoo. I want. I mean, the symbol is th- kind of iconic. Yeah. Like I, I do love that. And it's been replicated so many times mm-hmm. since. Like it is, it's part of pop culture now, isn't it? As I, much as I think I that think shot I'm, of her with the oh, uh, yeah. upper nose, like, do you know what I mean? It's mm. instantly recognisable. Yeah. I think I want it on my hand as well. Okay. So I, so I can always look at it and shit myself. <laughs> You know, when, so, you know, obviously watching it then, were you, when you went into it, were you quite aware of the, the background of it or like the marketing oh, or like the build up well, or any of that? I only knew about the build up because of hearing the radio show and stuff, but I was a hundred, because 
this was pre-internet. Well, it wasn't pre-internet, but it wasn't the internet as we know it now. Absolutely. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have access to the internet at that age. No. Uh, we couldn't afford it and we couldn't afford a computer. So the only time I managed to get on the internet was at school and mm. there was a website and it, the website made you think it was real as well. Like the whole marketing around mm. this film was absolutely genius. Oh, 100%. Um, and it it happened at exactly the right time because mm-hmm. given given another couple of years, you couldn't market a film like this. No one would have believed yeah. you. People would have been like, fake. Eh, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm um, not going to lie. I think the first time I watched it, even though it obviously was a bit late, I think me and my mum were still in that grey area of being like, is this real? Is it not real? You know, because not enough happens, but just enough happens, yeah. if that makes sense. I think if they'd like been this big weird creature reveal or something at the end it would have completely taken you out of it but i think if you if you watch it like i don't know your mind fills in the blanks and like i said having our own experiences of being in the woods at night like it's it's very very well done i think that's another reason why it scared me so much i i've always had an overactive imagination i was a very creative child to some extent i'm a creative adult but um i've always had (laughs) An overactive imagination. So my mind was filling in all the blanks completely and was Mm. filling it with the most scary shit in the world. This film was released saying that this was actual fan footage. Mm -hmm. So I was completely sold. My mum was sold as well. My mum was like, I can't believe they've released this. I can't believe they're they're making money off these people's stories. And my mum was really, I remember being just being like, oh, the poor parents, like, are they okay with it? And I was like, I don't know. I'm nine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. No, absolutely. I, I mean, I think I had a similar conversation with, with, with my mum about it. And I can remember her being like, I think that's kind of maybe what convinced us it wasn't real because we were like, surely this is illegal. Like them making money off of this. But the, the website, I mean, the missing posters, um, yeah. like all of the stuff. And I mean, the documentary that they made to kind of oh. rehearse this documentary. Mm-hmm. I know in one of the interviews, obviously in the opening of the film, there, there's a lady that's interviewed with the demon child in her arms i have a really fun fact about that really quickly i'm so sorry Oh, okay okay go for oh, it to, the day we are recording today that demon child got married today i meant to send you the screenshot just you're joking I'll send, you now. I'll send it to you now um that demon child today the day of recording as if this isn't serendipity or the witch working a bastard that's, magic that's creepy um, as f- yeah he he literally got married today. Yeah, the, the interview with that woman with the creepy demon child at the start. You've heard of the Blair Witch? Several times. Several times. And yep. what was the first incident? incident well, I've heard, you... I've heard stories about her from people and neighbors and stuff like that. But also I saw a documentary on the Discovery Channel or somewhere. Really? Once about her, about the ghosts really? and legends of Maryland. The fact that there was like legit a documentary that yeah. just further added to this very similitude that the whole marketing was was kind of pioneering i mean i i do think that the the marketing is is something that i mean it's been studied obviously for years after um mm-hmm. and i mean it's important that we we obviously probably acknowledge as well the the film blue records didn't it it absolutely yeah, did it, it broke so it many records the, it was in the guinness world record book for god knows I, mean, how I, long. I think i think it's still in there actually for the top budget versus box office ratio so well, i think i think i read somewhere that so obviously it was made for 60 grand Mm-hmm. It it returned twenty five mil. Which I think that was that was like pretty yeah. soon after. I think I read somewhere, and if my maths is probably going to be off because I'm trying to remember it, that every dollar that that film 
spent, it would make 10 grand back. Every dollar spent, it made $10,931. Good God. That is insane, isn't it? So they nearly made 11 grand for every dollar that they spent. I think the total budget, yeah, for the movie was around $60,000. With marketing and everything else added on top of that, it was closer to 300 grand or $300,000 that was spent. But the film has made close to $250 million worldwide yeah. since its release, which is absolutely mental. And when I looked into this, the the actors as well, which is really bad because, I mean, the film would be nothing without this, this cast that we have. They actually got paid $1,000 a day. So the, the film was shot over eight days in total. Mm-hmm. So they made eight grand each off this thing. And then the film made $250 million. I, I would be like, <laughs> I'd be like, run me my fucking check. Absolutely. Because the thing was as well, obviously when this film came out, I'm sure when I've kind of like looked into this, the actors actually took like a step back from being in the public mm-hmm. eye for a good while to further add to that mystery of like, oh my yeah. God, have they, dis- have they disappeared? Are they missing? And obviously their Fun. names and everything yeah. were the same in the in the yeah, film. Yeah. The families kept getting condolence cards. Yeah, didn't Heather's um, mum kept getting uh, yeah. sympathy cards. Yeah. Well, fun fact, about, fun fact about Heather, she now grows um, medicinal marijuana. Smoke weed every day. I mean, I can see it. She, For a she does say, does anyone have any weed at the start of the film? So <laughs> maybe she wasn't improvising that much. I mean, I'm, um, I, I don't, drugs aren't my thing, but at the end of watching that film, I always need something. <laughs> To, to calm your nerves, to calm your nerves. Mm. I mean, giving an overview then of of the film, essentially, if you haven't watched it, I don't know how you've not watched it because I think, I don't know, I think every horror fan has checked this film out at least once. Yeah. Even just to kind of see what it's all about. But essentially we follow th- these three three friends, students, they're making a documentary primarily led by Heather Donoghue, who's making a documentary onto the Blair Witch mythos uh, in in Burkittsville, Maryland. And they conduct these interviews. They're they're like shooting like cutaways, B-roll, all this sort of stuff. And then the deeper that they get into the woods, they then actually stumble upon some things that they think might actually be real pertaining to this myth and obviously then shit hits the fan the map goes missing and then they're lost and and Mm -hmm. it just descends into chaos and i will say i do think the ending is one of the most chilling endings that there is out there for a horror film and it's so simple i mean the whole Mm -hmm. premise and the whole execution of it all it is so simple but sometimes that's all you need today for the first time watch Mm. watch the four alternate endings i I haven't checked those out so there's four alternate endings that they shot one of them was the set like the same as what we get but Mm -hmm. instead all the um little stick men are surrounding mike Okay. Um, so it's exactly the same. The other one is all the stick men are in the room, but Mike isn't facing the wall. He's facing directly into the camera with like this horrible, crazed look in his eye. Oh, okay. I don't think I like yeah. that. <laughs> and then the third one is Mike hanging. <gasps> I think I've heard yeah. of this about this one, but yeah. And oh, then God. the fourth one is Mike is like strapped to a giant stick man. Like crucified to a giant stick man. And they're the four alternate endings. The fun thing about the fourth one is you get to see a little bit more of the basement, but not a lot. I actually watched them today. Are you happy with the ending that we got then, ultimately? I'm, I'm more than I, I prefer like the ending that we got was the perfect ending. I think, I think so Um, too, actually. It leaves it, it leaves it 
so ambiguous, mm. but also at the same time, it feels resolved. It feels resolved, but it's yeah. also left. Like, was it real? Was what, what? Was it the witch? Was it mm. Rustin Parr? Was he not dead? Like, what's going on? So yeah, it's. I think that's it. The the, the film as well, obviously, whilst it's establishing this mythology of the Blair Witch, there's all these other stories that feed into it, obviously, of Rustin Parr Mm -hmm. and child murders. And and you don't know whether or not that's because of this Blair Witch, like possessing these people or I I don't know. It's, It's such a deeply well-established mythology that, that that they kind of put to the audience in this film. And I think that's what makes it it killer. Um, I must I must say as well with the ending, I think the ending is is spot on. I think listening yeah. to those options you gave me, I don't think I'd have liked no, no, no. the other ones. The, the, only, the only one I would have liked would be the one where it's the same shot, but stick men are mm. all around. But even then, that makes it seem a little it's bit, a bit more... I suppose it's a bit hokey, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think but... seeing them in the woods was was enough. The the only thing I noticed re-watching this last night, though, was I did think it ended a lot more suddenly than I remember. Like, mm-hmm. the there is obviously the build-up. So, spoiler alert going into this now. We, we do, obviously, once the map's gone missing and they have been lost for obviously a, a day or two in the woods josh then goes missing and we don't know where he's gone and then it's just mike and heather are on their own at the end but yeah i seem to remember it being a lot longer between that and then the ending but it was a lot snappier when when i watched it yeah i think you know with these found footage films obviously when this came out this was this really helped establish a lot of the conventions we're familiar with now so when you yeah. think of paranormal activity all of those films literally you're, you're there for the, like the last 10 minutes do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. a slow build up to someone getting yeeted across the screen. And I suppose this in many ways really did kind of establish all of that, didn't it? It did. It, it really, really did set the blueprint. Um, mm. The one thing that I really love about it as well is here, like as I've grown up, still having this love and fear for the film. The more I read about it, the more... I fall in love with it. So I have a deep-rooted hatred for Stanley Kubrick. Hey yo, what the fuck? Now bear oh, with God. me on this. Okay. Um, I I don't like Stanley Kubrick, especially with what happened with Shelley Duvall. Mm-hmm. Like, Fair. um, his methods as a director are unnecessary and mm-hmm. cruel. Now, that's because no boundaries were established from the get-go. Mm. And it was thrown upon them. Whereas these directors were looking for people and they said from the get-go, this is what's going to happen. We're going to mess you up. <laughs> Only... Join us in the woods for eight yeah, days and we're going to f*** you up. <laughs> they literally said, look, it's going to psychologically mess with you. And that's mm-hmm. what we want to do as directors to get the best out of you. Mm-hmm. They established that from the get-go, mm. which is really cool. The audition process was really cool when I was reading about that. They asked each person who auditioned, You've been in prison for 25 years. You are appealing to be on parole, to be let out. Mm. You've got to improv that. Wow. And they did. And if you stuttered, if you stopped once, they'd be like, I'm really sorry, but we are looking for people with high improv skills. Now, Heather did something different than any other actress who came in and was like, I don't think you should let me out. I don't think you should let me out for parole. And that's what <laughs> nailed her the audition. So there's that. <laughs> Amazing. So finding out that, and then finding out that two of my favourite shots from the film were completely mm. accidental as well. So the scene where they're running through the woods and Heather's saying, what the f*** is that? What the f*** is that? Oh my God, what the f*** is that? What the f*** is that? 
the cameraman was supposed to turn left and there was supposed to be a glimpse of the witch. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just would have been like somebody in white robes. That's all you would have seen. But that never happened. Mm. And then because of that, we never see anything. And that's what makes it so perfect. I mean, I, I do. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it's like yeah. they, they took the Jaws approach. You know, if you yeah. had have seen something, I don't mm-hmm. think it would have been anywhere near as creepy as what your mind could well, put in I'm, that place. I'm really glad you said that because I always draw parallels with this and Jaws mm. because obviously Bruce doesn't get that much screen time. And that's what makes him <laughs> even more scary. But Bruce. Um, and then the second shot that's my favourite is obviously Heather's monologue to camera. I just want to apologise to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. And I'm sorry to everyone. She accidentally pressed the zoom button, and that's why it was supposed to be her face was in like her full face was in frame. But yeah. when she turned the camera around, she accidentally pressed the zoom button, and that's oh how we get gosh. this like the most iconic image from the film. That I mean, I mean that it was is, on, isn't it? It's that the was poster. on the posters. That yeah. was parodied in scary movie. <laughs> Can you move your fat ass? <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that scene. The CG snot bubbles are just everything as well. Shout out oh. to Gail Hailstorm. Gail- <laughs> Three people murdered. <laughs> I absolutely love her. But um, that's the thing. This has been parodied so much because it's so iconic. It's like... I think um, you know you've done well when you get stuff like this, like so many well, sketches. I want to bring up my most favourite parody of the Blair Witch Project is okay. the, Sco- the Scooby-Doo Project. <laughs> There's a have Scooby-Doo you, Project? Have you see- it's actually, it was an actual thing. It wasn't like a fan-made thing. It was played. There was like this summer of fun or something like that on Cartoon <laughs> Network. And they actually got, while they were shooting Scooby-Doo, they were getting the actors to like dial in and, and record this. It's literally... <laughs> A sh- like a shot for shot remake of the Blair Witch Project, but with a Scooby Doo cast. As in, like the cast, uh, the, the, it, cartoon? No, no, the, the cartoons, the cartoons, yeah, yeah, the okay. cartoons. I was you like, if to, you're telling me SMGs no. <laughs> running through the woods, yeah, yeah. Um, you need to, you, you need to get on YouTube and watch it. It's incredible. Oh god, I'm getting straight especially, on after this. Especially yeah. the ending is actually, you're like, oh, you you can't do this to my babies. <laughs> um, I do want to talk a bit more again about the hysteria that was created mm. with it. As we were saying, it was it was marketed as if it was going to be this. It's It was actually real. And mm. we spoke a little bit about how afterwards, you know, people were sending condolence letters and stuff. But um, actually, the the fan response to this film actually mm. informed, informed the sequel. Um, I'm not going to talk about the first sequel, Book of Shadows, too much, because uh, I do want to focus a bit more on the first film first, yeah, but it actually sure. informed the sequel um, to the point where people were stealing the Burkittsville sign. Yeah. Um, you were getting all these people coming in. People stole headstones from the cemetery. cemetery. I mean, that sort of stuff is just... How, I mean, there's no justification f- for that. How f- tough as a person do you have to be to do that? It's so disrespectful. It absolutely is. I think, yeah, is um, the sign... Was actually stolen on opening night of the of the film as yeah. well, uh, mm-hmm. and it's been replaced and stolen several times since then. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie; I wouldn't mind having that sign up in my room somewhere. Yeah, obviously, it is a popular destination to go for a lot of filmmakers. I'd love to go there at some point. I really want to. go. I'd be very respectful. Um, I might take I, the odd twig or the odd rock, but that'd be about it. Do you know what I mean? I'd take a twig. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I, I, as much as I want to go, I don't think I could. Do you reckon it'd be too scary? 
I'd be, I'd, Liam, I'd be shitting myself the I whole mean, I've, time. I've got, to, I've got to ask. I think it's scary, but it doesn't terrify me as much as obviously it does you. So, what is it about it that scares you so much? I, I wish I had an answer. I really wish like, I had an answer. Is it the unknown? It, is it the fact that you don't see this it, thing and you've imagined it? I don't know what it, it is. Or... It, it strikes, it just strikes a chord of absolute fear in me. And so I talk about films that scare me. There's this, and then there's Host, the Shudder film that was filmed during lockdown. Was it 2020 that was released? Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. funny, funny link. I know that uh, Jed Shepard, who was obviously fundamental Massive in fan, the making yeah. of, of of Host, he's actually just visited like Burkittsville. And I, yeah, I yeah. don't know if he's shot some stuff out there or whatever um but i know that the franchise as a whole they're looking to obviously really reboot that and get it going again don't know how i feel about it but it doesn't need to be there's, done there's murmurs isn't there that these guys are going to be involved in that somehow I mean, there is yeah but the, i think the thing that upsets me is this is it, it's like it cements a period of time and no, that magic to me is never going to be caught again as i said it happened at exactly the right moment for this film to well, i suppose released. that's the exact same with host though isn't yeah. it um because yeah. it it literally perfectly documented lockdown and the yeah. terror that was i don't know being isolated not seeing your friends and yeah. what if you then oh, found yourself in this horrific that film situation? that film again so that that film terrifies me as well and then mm. the original halloween film really scares me not to the extent as this film scares me but the original halloween film really puts puts the willies up me it's, i'm sure it does i'm sure it does. and i'm sure you don't mind it's funny you say that though because you know how i said i think i watched this because my neighbor lent me the dvd um i think this was the this i watched halloween the original halloween the same week as as the blair witch so this was like I can remember this being like a really impactful week of of horror for me as a fan because I, I watched the the, the original Halloween film, and I know my mum like absolutely loved it. Um, and then we watched Blair Witch, and I can remember falling in love with Halloween, but not really digging mm. the Blair Witch a, as much. But yeah, I, I completely, I completely get it. I mean, the thing is, is both of those films that you've spoken about there, they're both exercises of tension. It isn't necessarily like mm -hmm. what you see. I mean, there's hardly any gore in either of them. There's no, do you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be yeah. flashy. It's simplistic. It's it's yeah. taking these ideas that you're familiar with, like, I don't know, going into the woods on a trail or being mm -hmm. a babysitter or something. And it twists it, doesn't it? And makes, yeah. makes the familiar terrifying. I tried to rewatch Host the other week. Mm. And I, I couldn't, <laughs> I just couldn't, I was terrified, I was terrified. So fun story about that. The first time I ever watched it, mm. there was a point where I literally screamed. Jumped off my bed, ran out the room. When I came back in, I turned the light, <laughs> I turned the light back on. <laughs> now, now, films don't do this to me. <laughs> films don't do this to me at all. And I read a horror book at night near enough. Like yeah, it's, yeah. I, but that film just did, it just did something to me. Just and then when I came in, back yeah. in, when I came back in and I, I carried on watching the rest, I, I mean, I really had to run to the bathroom. <laughs> I, was, I, nearly, <laughs> I, had, I nearly pissed myself. Um, but I do want to, I do want to give a shout out to Daniel Merrick and Eduardo Sanchez, who, who yeah. did the original film. They, they're just incredible. And what upsets me about them wanting to remake it all is that they had 19 hours worth of material. Mm -hmm. that they had for this film that they then had to condense down. So first it was condensed down to two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. They showed it at Sundance and then they had to get it to 90 minutes. I think, isn't that the thing? I'm sure that's like a, a funny th a bit of, of, of trivia on that is it took eight days to shoot, 
but then it took uh-huh. me eight months to edit. Yeah. <laughs> Which but isn't then, mental, isn't it? <laughs> but then, um, so with all the special features on like the DVD and the VHS, mm. there's only just under an hour's worth of those. So okay. Th- so even when you add that to the 90 minutes, it still doesn't give you no. everything that we need. So I, I want, I really hope that one day, and maybe in 2029 when it's an anniversary, like maybe, hopefully. Like an, get, like, would tour. you want an extended cut or would you just want the full, the full everything? I'd l- I mean, I would love the 19 hours. Um, <laughs> but no, I'd, I think a, a proper director's cut of this film is... is mm-hmm very deserving looking at this looking at this film the way that i kind of went into it and i thought how i'm going to approach talking about this on this episode was the the way it was made and i do think like the way that it was directed and and how it all came together was absolutely uh, amazing so i mean i've got a few yeah. a few like kind of tidbits i suppose about how the film was made and some mm-hmm. of the interesting things that they did to get like these performances. So a funny thing, obviously we mentioned the budget. One of the video cameras that was used in the film was then actually returned for a refund <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> so they got their money back for oh, one of the video iconic. cameras. That's actually iconic. So scraping, scraping that budget back, which I absolutely love. And as a filmmaker, I completely see it. Like the amount yeah. of times we've shot something with a costume and we've kept the tag on and then it goes back to, to wherever the next day. I mean, why oh. not? The actors, like you said, with the with the audition process i didn't know anything about that but of course they had to be like masters in improv because there was a rough outline but there was never really like a script it was never like this is what you need to do i know that heather like improvised a lot made her own opening monologue for the documentary all of that stuff they must have had to have like a massive trust in the actors and the actors must have had a massive trust in them as filmmakers because they were literally just really left to it for several days in the woods i think that's that's another reason why the believability factor was there as well everything felt so natural heather to me because of heather's skills at the beginning as like a when she's like reading the book on Coffin Rock, mm. I'm like, she she must that have been an actual documentary person. Absolutely pissed, you know, because I know how much film costs. And when you watch <laughs> that scene and they start rolling, and immediately the book goes up and she snaps into character, it made me absolutely pissed because I was like, <laughs> she knows that's so many dollars that's just been spent right there. So. I, I, I don't know. I think that, again, was quite funny watching it from that perspective. Yeah. So the, the directors really did take quite a distant approach to it. They were kind of like camping a, a fair distance away from them. They direct yeah. like through walkie talkies, make sure obviously they didn't get lost. I think the actors did actually get lost, I think about three or four times in three, the woods. Three times it happened, yeah. Which is... I mean, that must have, I mean, to feed off that and to kind of get that that energy and just feel like completely... Well, it's, it's in one of the scenes intense. where they get really pissed off that they've been like, mm-hmm. they've been going round all day and then like they're meant to be heading south all day and then they end up back in the same area. That actually yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, so it's one frustra- of the best bits though, isn't it? Because it, it's, it's trippy. Yeah. It makes it feel like, I don't know, well, the woods again, are moving or, again, we've or something's got, going it, on. The, Everything that they did to make this film made it seem believable. So the bit where they're inside the tent and you hear the children outside. Well, this is it. I I completely didn't realise that that was a thing until I think I watched it last night. And that's Mm. because my sound system's a lot more decent now. Shit me up. They never never told them that was going to happen. They didn't tell them that was going to happen. So that's why. And then doing that on the tent. Oh, my God. Um, so them being confused about Josh going missing as well is, mm. um, they said to Josh, 
wait for everybody to fall asleep and then disappear. And then, so they did. And they went, uh, they literally said to him when he was out of earshot of everyone, oh, by the way, you're dead. And he was like, yes. Um, <laughs> it's only because he was going to, I think it was a Jane's Addiction concert. So he could finally make the date. So I, he's I dead actually, happy. I absolutely thought that to myself. I thought, do you reckon that they got rid of him just because he needed to be somewhere else? Because it seems mm. like that that would be 100% no. believable. <laughs> I'll tell you why they actually got rid of Josh. Because originally it was supposed to be Mike who went missing and not Josh. Oh, really? Um, but they did it because they didn't think... Because obviously Josh and Heather in the film are, are really good friends. And then in the original edit, they were supposed to be ex-boyfriend, girlfriend. Oh, okay. Interesting. You can see that dynamic, I yeah. suppose. Because of how much they're bickering, they didn't want them that to carry on in the in the third act because they think the audiences wouldn't have responded to it well. So that's why in the end they decided Josh will kill, kill yeah, yeah. Josh off. But yeah, when Josh found out he was dying, he was dead happy because he was like, Oh, I didn't think I'd be able to go to this concert. And now that I can, oh, so, oh bless I'm him. actually I'm over the moon for him. The other kind of couple of bits that I I found really interesting that the directors employed as ways of getting these incredible results out of their actors is I know that they they fed them less and less every day so mm-hmm. naturally obviously people were more tired energy levels were lower I think I don't know you don't feed me I know I'm gonna snap at you so oh, yes yeah, Heather's very hungry in this film you can see that the actors as well thought that the legend was real whilst they were pre- making yeah. this whole thing and they only actually found out after the fact that the filmmakers had made this whole thing up. The other funny thing that I I absolutely loved uh, reading up on and finding out was I'm personally not a fan of of actors like method acting. I don't think it's necessarily needed. I know you have the greats like Daniel Day-Lewis, but Jared Leto, I'm looking at you. I think you're an absolute knob. They chose, and I understand in this scenario, I think it did make sense because they were living it for 24 hours a day like it, it, they were yeah. constantly in this in this arena um so they did stay in character for the entire like shoot i think it was only a couple of times that they broke broke character um and their safety word was taco <laughs> which i find absolutely hilarious because that's also my safety word so <laughs> the the last bit that i i just think you know how we've spoken about stars aligning for this film is the fact mm-hmm. that the last day of shooting was actually halloween Halloween yeah. night. And that was because they ran out of battery power the night before because of the lights. Um, <laughs> so they needed to recharge everything and they needed to stay an extra day. But I just think how incredible would that be? Yeah. Shooting this film on Halloween night in the middle of friggin' nowhere in the woods. I mean, I don't think they, that you would have known what a, such a cultural phenomenon this would have been, but surely they must, I don't know. It must have been electric. Like being in in that. um, I can't imagine in the midst of it. It must have been like when the when the world caught onto it and Mm. and like it must have been intense because to me they should have made it like I especially Heather and not to discredit Mm. uh, the boys but I think Heather's performance in this it should have shot her to stardom to me. Mm. I feel like if I employ an actor who can make who can not only like like everything she was given she ate up but that monologue mm-hmm. for a fact that it was improvised and her reactions were improvised that's mm-hmm. you that's like i don't raw, think yeah raw talent that you can't I, I say this all the time i don't think horror actors and actresses get anywhere near enough kind no, of credit for their performances not. and i mean and when they when they do it's it's very few and far. Like the uh, mm-hmm. the only ones who can spring to mind for me is like obviously Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Um, her career skyrocketed. 
Um, even then she was reluctant even, to yeah. lean into that horror wasn't she she's yeah. like i'm only going to do so many horror pictures and then i need to move on otherwise i'll be typecast um mm. i think i am surprised yeah that they didn't go further but then i think that's, that's kind of part of the curse of found footage is it works because they're unknowns if you'd got someone like scarlett johansson in the in the driver's seat and she was playing heather like it would not mm. have worked because you know it's not real so you need yeah. these un unknown actors um i mean even the likes of like the people involved with paranormal activity i mean i don't really think they've gone on to do much else than be in the sequel. no but i, t I tell you what i if you watch uh the in search of darkness documentaries katie mm -hmm. does appear in those and she's she's i like mean credit a, to them i think they they're yeah. great as well she's I got, think a great she's got such a great knowledge of the genre so shout out mm. to katie i love hearing it i don't know what it is about this film but to this day it gets under my skin I, as i said i haven't watched it in prep for this i, I know mm -hmm. the film at the back of my hand i like to believe um but it <laughs> But I can't, I, I couldn't watch it because I knew, like, work's busy at the moment and I can't afford a sleepless night. Um, <laughs> it genuinely terrifies me. And I watched, so I've played the PlayStation game, the Blair Witch game. Okay. Um, I've played it before. And last night I was like, oh, I might watch... I might watch a bit of playthrough with it. No, it's turned off. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think this is a good point maybe for us to then uh, move on to maybe the sequels expanded universe that side of things then with with uh with Blair Witch and I know you, you're giving me evils already so I think this is going to be a rare occasion Liam where we don't necessarily agree on something on the podcast so uh mm. so get ready guys it's gonna get it's gonna get so, savage <laughs> yeah but so the the studio like the studio execs were just like we need to make a sequel everyone loves it because obviously Hollywood just sees something and think milk 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 <sighs> money 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 um so they made Blair Witch 2, The Book of Shadows, which mm. in hindsight, I enjoy it a lot more than I ever yeah. did. I think it's because when a sequel is announced, I was expecting more of the same. Yeah. and But more of the same wouldn't have worked. And I respect that they took a different approach yeah. to it. And, sure. and I watched a great video essay on it last night where it explains how it was actually studio uh, surprise surprise studio interference gave us a completely different film the book of shadows it's supposed to be a commentary on the you know the phenomenon of the yeah. Blair Witch project and uh, the effects that that has on like the small towns that they choose for locations mm -hmm. and uh, the from what it sounds like the original film like before all the messy involvement by the studio sounded incredible but what we got was a confused mess very, of a film that very. didn't know what it was. And it it's a shame because it had some it had a lot of potential. So I mean I'm, I think I think the film, if I'm being honest, it, it was the first time I watched it. I, I think it started out really well. Mm. And I thought I thought it was hilarious when uh, there's an interview with with a woman and she's like, you know, because Burkittsville's become so busy with these horror fans, yeah. um, she's like, I can't go outside without putting on a full face and makeup and a nice dress. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. this film, I can definitely get behind. I can, um, yeah. And I mean, yeah, the, the soundtrack's great. I like that. I, I loved the the goth girl character. I thought she was great. Um, oh, yeah. And it was nice that you, I don't know, it was, I, I'm always interested in this debate of like life imitating art and horror movies informing like psychopaths in the real world. Because to me, mm -hmm. I think it's a complete load of, of bullshit. Um, I, I, I don't, I think you're just messed up to do bad things. I don't think it takes a horror movie to do it. And that will always be, no. be my stance. But I, 
I thought it, it was a really interesting opportunity to provide commentary on that, but then it did devolve into, I don't know, I, I did find myself quite bored towards the end and I was glad it was yeah. over. But I think it will be one of those films, if I do ever revisit it, it is like a cult classic, isn't it? It's kind of mm-hmm. so bad it's good almost in places. Well, as I said about studio meddling, so mm. take the take the opening of um, this film, we get this sweeping shot of the Maryland wilderness to the sound of Marilyn Manson's disposable teens. Now, <laughs> back in the day, I was a huge Marilyn Manson fan. Not so much anymore because he's a trash human being. Um, <laughs> but, Glad you said it. <laughs> uh, oh, alleged, sorry. Allegedly. Alleged trash um, human being. <laughs> originally, to set the tone up of this film, that was supposed to be Frank Sinatra's Witchcraft. Oh. What a song. And also... A, Hocus Pocus song is what he sings when there ain't no nicer witch than you. That would have yeah. been so vastly, so vastly that, different. Yeah, a completely different tonal shift. The scene that, like, the really graphic violence scene that you see them all, like, stabbing people stuff, was mm. never supposed to happen. That happened during reshoots because the studio were like, this doesn't feel like a horror film. Do you know what well, the, the, like? the flashes of violence that we get at least 18 times? Yeah, the um, like the interviews weren't supposed to be sporadic. It was all supposed to be. I mean, I, I, there was kind of part of me that was like, oh, I do like that. It's not like a conventional narrative. It's got like these mm. flashbacks and stuff. I mean, that's the sort of shit that I love in like a Tarantino movie. Like I like that maybe sometimes when the film opens with the ending and then you're like, okay, we're going to see how we get that. I mean, like X, for example, I like that. We saw all the bloodshed and we were like, okay, shit's going to go down. We know something bad's going to happen. I think it was very, very confusing. It was very apparent. It was rushed and it was done to make money. And that was it. And also, so they were actually really clever again with the marketing of this because, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't say it because my brain's frazzled, but whatever the word is for reverse backwards, S. S. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, it's a clip of Missy Elliott here. (laughs) (laughs) On the website, if you pick it up during the film, Mm. You can watch, and in certain scenes, you'll see the word no on a window in the background, these okay. characters. And you'll notice it, and you, th- you think that nothing comes of this. However, if you type in all of these like words into the website that you found during the film, there was a little Easter egg. and all this Okay. Thing, which was great. I love again, shit like they this. Did, they did something great with that. But again, that's the only good, that was on the director's part. That wasn't a studio thing. <laughs> I, I said, I don't want to talk about Book of Shadows too much. I'm happy just to be- put a pen in that right yeah, now, to be just honest. Just because yeah. look, look, <laughs> if you want campy, weird, not so great horror, watch it. But then there's, I really wish I could remember the YouTube person who I watched last night who was like in defense of it. Go onto YouTube and watch in defense of Blair Witch Book of Shadows. And they actually talk about, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, I was, I was, I was talking to last month's guest, uh, Craig about this, uh, this film while, while I was watching it. And he was saying, hi Craig. Uh, he was saying, don't go into it thinking it's going to be another Blair Witch. And I think, it didn't help that I did watch the Blair Witch and then I watched mm. this directly after because they are two separate beasts completely. But I think if you do go in it with low expectations, a lens of it being maybe more fun and campy and I mean, mm-hmm. the soundtrack's great. You've got some good characters in there as well. Yeah. Like it, It's not all bad. I've definitely seen worse films, but mm. it is kind of sad. It's associated, I think, sometimes with the legacy of this great film. Yeah. In 2016, mm. we got... 
a a reboot of the franchise in just Blair Witch, it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when the trailer came out for this, I was... I, I, I can't do a backflip, well, but I'd, yeah, I could have done a backflip. How, how did you get into this one then? Because I... I actually stumbled upon this when it was entitled The Woods. And I will mm-hmm. say, this is obviously something, it was nice that you mentioned obviously the stuff with the the Book of Shadows, because I didn't know that. But I think what's good about all of these films has been that the marketing's been super strong. And I mean, yeah, credit yeah. to Lionsgate so for I, just yeah. marketing the shit out of these so things. I, I watched a trailer for what was called The Woods at the time, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, this looks, this looks interesting. And then when it mm. was like announced that this was, you know... I mean, the reveal direct... was incredible. Yeah, it the, was. The, I mean... The, the event at Comic-Con that they held and uh-huh. switching out the posters while the audience were in the screening and then coming out yeah. and then it being like... The, I mean, can you imagine being in that theatre? No, no, I'd flip my shit. I, Liam, I'd have, I'd have like done the splits. Um, I'd have done a death drop then and there. <laughs> And not to coin a quote, I would have swiffed the floor with my teeth. Um, <laughs> Again, goddamn every episode. I lost my shit a bit, and I thought I, I did. I did like. I did like that. I thought that was that was really cool, and it was very and, much in the vein of the original with that. So I sure. went to see. I went to see this film like um, opening day. Oh, okay, I had to, had to go see it because it was a direct continuation of. Mm-hmm. Of like one of my favorite horror films, yeah. and the premise was really interesting. That it was like Heather's brother going to look mm. for us. Some new footage had been had found. So I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, I need to see it, even if it's just for like the fan footage." And this film, I will say, up until a bit of the second act, had me. I thought yeah. it's it's in the same vein. I really like the use of modern technology happening in this. The scene with the drone, I thought was. Incredible! As Way soon as go, a, yeah. the the drone bit for me was probably maybe the highlight of the film for me. But okay. then, when too much was being explained, I started to lose interest. So it, it fell apart and for you a bit in the third act. Is, it, is what it you're did. Saying. So yeah. when, so when we found out that like time jumps were happening, that was that wasn't my thing. But when the the bit that got me was. When they're running, when when I saw the house, I was back in. When I saw the house, I was back in. I was like, "Oh my god!" Somehow they've so got good. they've somehow they've rebuilt the house because that house got demolished. Yeah, um, it, there was actually the fun it doesn't fact, surprise there was, me. There, to be no, there was um, they were going to demolish it, but then there was a petition from fans and a crowdfunder from fans to keep it up. Yeah, which happened, but then too much shit was going down and too much. <laughs> then they're just like, "No, you know what." Them kids, knock get it rid, down. get but rid. They, as soon as I saw the house, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like they must love this so much that they've got like they've gone to rebuild the house, and I can't wait to see what's mm. in there. But mm. then it pans to the woods, and you see something. You see a creature. I was, I was done. I was like, mm. at, I think, at that point, I think that's the divisive bit, isn't yeah. it? Is the fact uh, that this is a film that does yeah. deliver a, a glimpse of something. Yeah. At yeah. that point, I was like, no. And even, do you know the bit where she's crawling through like the crawl space? Mm. That that bit, okay, I was like, okay, this is this is a really lovely shot. It's terrifying. But then mm. I saw I saw far too much for me to well, enjoy it. I will say, because uh, I'm I'm an absolutely massive fan of this film, uh, the 2016 Blair Witch film. I, I absolutely loved it. I can I went to see it at the cinema as well, and I've got to say you know, there's certain films that like kind of stick with me and this for like the sound design absolutely stuck with me. Like, Oh yeah. 
the the way that they uh, credit to obviously the team behind that the the way that the woods sound i mean this is very much and i mean even the original film and i think that's what i loved about it it was mainly about the sound like mm-hmm. it was dark you didn't know what was beyond the trees that you could see past just the snapping, the of, the snapping twigs. of twigs oh. and all of that sort of stuff i thought that was incredible that the, the employment of the new technology, like you said, with the drones and um, like GoPros, all that sort of stuff, it felt appropriate. It felt right. It was nice. Mm-hmm. I think they 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 there was a nice continuation of the mythology for me. I personally found the concept of them waking up and it being morning but still pitch black absolutely terrifying. I thought that I was thought that was really scary. Loved. Yeah. Well, when I say time shifts, it's when mm. that. Do you mean the lights? Like- do you mean that no, when, that bit? no when when the time shifts is in when that bloke comes back oh, visibly and he's aged. like yeah <laughs> i mean I, he was probably my least favorite part of that that film i will say but Callie hernandez who plays lisa who's the main female protagonist oh. i thought she was shit hot honestly there's a yeah. scene that you know particularly obviously at the end the bit where she's yeah in the crawl space and oh. i watched some behind the scenes on that and they they actually built these tunnels which i think the thinnest part was only was it 23 24 inches wide so it was obviously i'm okay than that <laughs> literally i can't get a leg in that um <laughs> the funny thing is is the cameraman who was in there shooting with her actually had a panic attack and they had to get him out because it was that Christ. claustrophobic and you see that in the film i think it's impeccable it like it reminded me of the descent like you know that moment when she gets yeah. stuck oh, it's just, oh. that's another film that does does scare me quite a bit. Yeah. yeah i personally didn't mind seeing the creature and i liked the writer's explanation that this actually still wasn't the blair witch this was the theory is is that this is ellie kedward who herself actually maybe isn't the blair witch because the mythology of that predates her and i liked the fact that it was this elongated limb looking motherfucker who was maybe her stretched on like a rack and her limbs were distorted and so the, i like so the i like the, le- the legend of ellie kedward in the blair witch was she mm. was she was hung from a tree with rocks tied to each limb which dragged them down so i'm a i'm a nerd for blair witch mythology I really yeah am. i mean so i i thought that was quite cool because I, I think anything yeah like they they do show it. and i mean yeah it is kind of silly um i don't think you see it all that much uh, i liked that it kind of harked back to the original ending with them being in the corner i i i personally didn't mind it i thought the marketing was great the setup was great i i think this gets a really bad rep because when you look at it compared to the other blair witch films obviously the original is most highly rated amongst every everyone everywhere. Um, but this isn't too much of a step ahead of Book of Shadows. And I think that's a travesty because I think it's miles better for sure. Um, but that's, I, I, that's I, just me. I, I appreciate the filmmaking behind it. Mm. Absolutely. Like I can really appreciate it as a very well-made film. It looks gorgeous. It's uh, you, you nailed it on the head with the sound design and that, and that goes for the original too. Um, the sound design is absolutely stunning, but yeah, it, it to me it's th- one. Did it just I, I give you too much? Like it showed too it much. It gave me too much. Yeah. So I can watch, I can watch I Blair that. Witch and, and not be scared. It doesn't scare me in the slightest. Mm. Uh, and maybe it's because see I see that, something. It, I think it does. I think I can remember absolutely shitting myself and jumping out of my skin so many times mm. at that film. Um, so I don't know. I uh, maybe I don't know. We're kind of almost inverted with it like your experience of Blair Witch initially terrified you mine didn't but then this one did and but it didn't for you so I, I don't know so what makes the original film a lot scarier now as an adult is mm. a theory that I was never that I never knew about because I was a child a child but the theory <laughs> um the theory 
there's a fan theory that the original Blair Witch um, was actually, um, the premise of it was, it was all set up by Mike and Josh because Josh and Heather had split up and Heather had broken Josh's heart so much that he actually found this guy, Mike. They set up this whole thing in the woods just so they could kill Heather. I mean, that is awful. That is petrifying. You could still actually read it as that, very much so. You could still read it as that. Um, I, I don't. Um, my reading of no. it is the witch is real. Um, yeah, obviously. That's absolutely chilling when you yeah. think of it like that. Because especially the ending, because then you're like... Yeah, like Josh is around then, the corner, whacking her. But you also then think, whose teeth was in that bundle? Yeah. In real life, they got it from a dentist and it was Josh's real hair. So it was... Yeah, I was going to say, I know there was some real real parts of Josh yeah. in there, wasn't there, in that bundle? Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I, there is a, a game out there called Blair Witch, and it's... I'm not a horror game person. I'll play, I'll play horror games, but I won't enjoy them. Uh, horror games terrify me. Out of all horror medium, I can watch... I can sit there and watch horror films all night. I'll read horror books, not get scared. Um, yeah. I will play a horror game and absolutely shit my pants. Were you um, excited when the game came out then? Because obviously you you knew the film alone terrified you. Yeah. So oh my, I can't. I I haven't completed the game to this day. I won't. I won't play. It. I've watched playthroughs of it, but it still scares me. <laughs> but the the game is really incredible. It can be finished in six hours. I was reading that it can. Oh, be. Okay. Um, there are loads of different endings and the gate small choices in the game determine what happens later on. Like um, if you, your phone will go off in the game and you can answer the phone, but if you don't answer the phone, that'll have an impact. Is it a bit like until dawn then? So it's kind of like a spider web of kind of, but it's it's unlike until dawn. um, The ending doesn't go in a completely different direction and disappoint you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, it's the difference is that it's good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, um, and you go and you go around and you collect um, different VHS tapes in it, and you collect like red ones. Um, The main character discovers the ability that if he collects these red tapes, he can actually distort time around him. Well, obviously that wouldn't work in a film. It works in a game because it's a game. It needs kind of mechanic. But the blue ones, um, the blue VHSs, give you more backstory and lore and and is it all canon then as well from the 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 video um from the video game is it is it canon with the mythology of i I suppose i suppose it is yeah i think they were involved though weren't they the filmmakers in the game part the best part of the game is the dog you get to have a dog you get to have a dog and your dog helps you i think Uh, i'd take some comfort in having a canine friend with me through all of this well you say that there some. are some areas where you have to take control of the dog because oh. there are areas where it's too small for you to go into. And it's got like, do- <laughs> I'm it's out. got like dog I'm camera. No. The, <laughs> what got me. So obviously I'm already scared playing this game because it's the Blair Witch and that scares me already. I'm not walking around the woods on my own. I've Absolutely not. But what got me, there was one bit where you hear all these noises and this, again this game just for the sound design alone i think mm-hmm. i think it won a, it was won or nominated for its sound design oh, okay how, um oh there was a bit where there was there was just these noises and it said um to escape use your flashlight and i was like nope and i never went back to it never went back to it <laughs> 
<laughs> so <laughs> your poor character's just stranded in this absolute hell. Yeah. I mean, that concept Fuck terrifies it. me. That yeah. computer game characters are stuck where you leave them. <laughs> like, mm. oh. But I, um, so yeah, the, I think if you're into horror games, survival horror games, it's, it's definitely worth checking out. A lot of people don't enjoy it. They thought it wasn't what it was going to be. They thought it was going to be a complete, like, linear narrative and uh, just mm. complete, like, just wandering through the woods and they didn't think it would have this time jump thing. But because the time jumps are linked to VHSs in the game, it kind of makes it kind some of sense. Works. It yeah. makes so much sense. I probably i'll probably never play it again i mean to, to be honest i might be, do the same as you and just watch some kind of uh, gameplay yeah. i think that maybe kind of sakes my appetite with that i think that the unique thing about the blair witch though is the fact that it was such a unique phenomenon and i think unfortunately that will be its downfall as well i don't think it is a series and i don't i think they will no, struggle to make it a franchise if, if they try and do it again it, they'll obviously go back to its roots they'll try and do a found footage they'll try and find you know new ways that we can do found footage and i just think it's i mean what i wouldn't be opposed to is it maybe being presented like a netflix documentary if it's maybe kind of done a bit like that again just because i don't know i'm a sucker for like true I'd, crime documentaries i like that. Love that i'd like that um it's particularly i i so i was a massive fan of the books mm. there was these young adult books by an author called Cade merrill and they were the Blair Witch Files. Now, the first one I got was the first one in a series that's called The Witch's Daughter. It, okay. exp- it expands on the mythos, mm. and it's still terrifying. I might reread them now. Not, not, <laughs> ne- not now, not while we're recording. Goodbye now. But, um, <laughs> but they expand on it, and the, the way I was like, oh, I think this would work, like... These books, I was like, oh, they'd be a really good series if they were presented. Like, hate to bring this up, but you know 13 Reasons Why? Mm if it was presented like that and you find another tape and you find yeah. out more and you find another tape and then you find out more. Yeah. That, could, yeah. that could be quite cool. I like that. But I think if they are, they are going to reboot it. What they like, Well, they're definitely talking about it, aren't they? I don't know. They're going to they're gonna have is, to decide whether they're going to go maker. down. The, yeah. Are they going to go down the route of casting a load of unknowns, which they kind of did with the, with the 2016 one too. Um, mm. I don't think I don't think I recognised anyone. Or do they go big names? Do they get? Because will they get what's her name from everything we've seen her in lately? Jenny or Jenny Ortega? Jenny Ortega. <laughs> or do they get Callie Rowland? You know, Friday. Do they get? <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. I was thinking. Think, I think yeah. he's forgot this episode, but no, um, goddamn, she's still no, no. here. Do they? Do they get a do? Like they're in the woods, and it's kind of like the the scene in the original film where, oh, which terrifies me again when you hear Josh screaming in the distance. Can they just hear Freddy? Or, Did you hear that? Can you imagine if uh, Heather's running and she's like, what the hell is that? And then it's just Kelly Rowling Freddy. getting yeeted. <laughs> okay, yeeted <laughs> into a tree. <laughs> that would have made it. The cameraman does pan to the left on this show yeah. and it's just Kelly Rowland just shimmying down the tree. <laughs> the way she hits that tree just makes me absolutely <sighs> howl. But, um, bless her. Yes, oh, well, I'm, I'm glad Kelly's still, still around. I mean, horror icon phenomenon. Come on the show, Kelly. Please. I suppose wrapping things up then on the Blair Witch side of things, I know that we do have a couple of like kind of funny stories or at least associated with Blair Witch. I don't know if you want to kind of kick things off. I say the Blair Witch Project is a dark f***ed up allegory of The Wizard of Oz. Okay. Is this is uh, is this where we find out that it's, yeah. it's queer? Down my way when you see me. 
Well, it, 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 I mean, it is anyway. If you think about it, it was it was the underdog film that ended up being fabulous. So there's already the the link. But also, so if you think about it, take Dorothy out of the equation. Think okay, about Dorothy's gone. The, the three companions. One of them is looking for a brain. They're not very good, and um, then gets dismantled halfway through the film and ripped apart. That's Josh. <laughs> That's Josh. <laughs> Josh is, and, and Josh is looking for a brain in the film. He's like the guy who's like, wants to know more and he wants to be proven wrong and all this, that. So mm-hmm. there's the brain. Heather is the tin man. She wants a heart. She's broken up with Josh and she's putting her all into this, project because the, she has so much love for it she's out mm. there looking for a heart she's looking for her connection and then you've got mike who's the cowardly f***ing lion because he's another <laughs> right um mike mike's the cowardly lion he's trying to find his courage he never finds it but he's a he's the one who wimps out he's the one who like i <laughs> i kick that thing into the creek <laughs> he's the cowardly lion dorothy's the witch obviously obviously um, yeah yeah but to me it's it's like a little dark allegory for like follow the yellow brick roads they follow the compass south and it still doesn't get them to where they need to be i mean I don't There's think no, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think all the wrong. way through it. They're saying they can't wait to be home. There's that bit where they're talking about how much they like, you know, they can't wait to be home. There's no place like home. It's a dark allegory for the Wizard of Oz, and that's you what it makes it first. inherently queer. <laughs> smashed it, absolutely smashed it. I, uh, I, I have been corrected. I, I did mm. think, how is he going to do this? But you've pulled it off, and then some. Everything's a little bit gay. <laughs> Can you imagine the blow It's just absolutely fabulous. No, 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 no. So, okay, okay, okay. The reboot. They speak to that old woman from the first she film. Is like everything, and and she was clutching, clutching the book like like a fur, like a dark fur, like a horse fur, but. It's just the Blair Witch with bundles. She's just got like, it's just a woman with really long hair. I'm talking like 70s share hair. And she's there like swinging inches, it back and forth. Inches. She's just got, she's T.S. Madison, 20, 22 inches. <laughs> I feel put a reckon in this, honey, reckon. Biddy, 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 bam, bam. I can't, yeah. I can't. But yeah, I would absolutely love that. And then the Blair Witch is Cher. And then in the end, it is just the Cher Witch Project. Just it's come, witch full, project. Circle. come, come full, full circle. Come full circle. Well, I suppose my funny anecdote of, of about the Blair Witch Project is I, I, I revealed in, in the previous episode where we talked about Scooby-Doo with the uh, Bitchcraft and Faggotry podcast that I had um, a funny story about Bump in the Night. But... I did GCSE drama at school and I will say um, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was, it was great. And our GCSE drama piece actually had to be, there was two, there, there was an improv section and then mm. there was of course a derived like dramatic piece we had to do. Yeah, yeah. The first, the, the derived like dramatic piece was a continuation of the film. So we picked up directly where the film left off. And I think mm-hmm. how <laughs> You've obviously said that you hate him, but I played Mike in this situation. And I can remember <laughs> I um we basically all just got like our teeth pulled and I can just remember it being like really dark and like I don't know. I can remember us always like joking about the fact that every piece of drama we had to do 
revolved around death and we were always like i think something's going on here um (laughs) but the improv scene we had to be um in like a community hall and Mm. like we were the parents of the missing kids and i actually played heather donahue's (laughs) mum wow (laughs) and i could (laughs) i I could just remember i was just channeling my inner heather um and i was just screaming and snotting and box stepping yeah I think that the guy who who was the mayor just absolutely hated me because I was just I was going in. I was a, an angry mama bear in that uh, in that piece. Well, you talking about GCSE dramas just reminded me of just um, imagine it, Jesus. Well, for my GCSE devised drama piece, mm. me and my best friend at the time, Nikki, we came up with this dark comedy about two women in an abortion clinic now bear with well it's not why it was, are we it, all so dark it wasn't, teenagers. It, wasn't an abortion clinic. it was like a fertility clinic one had gone in to get an abortion and one had gone in for ivf and it was like this dark the same comedy. place yeah yeah because because that's that makes how the sense, world right works. that's how the world works oh my um, lord and they were in beds next to each other and that was the whole thing i got an a star for it because obviously it was incredible i wrote it because you know I'm the best. Um, it was, it was, it was like my drama teacher had to be like, "You need to cut a lot of this. And this is, this is like dark, dark. Like there are things that I don't think the invigilators are going to laugh at. I would, and you would, but she was like, but they're not going to laugh at that. And I was like, oh, okay, oops, putting you on the right path. I think, oh my god, drama was such a, a up but hilarious space. To, to play in. I oh, mean, and I then partly I, that's th- why I got into making horror movies because it well, was then soon I got after to, that. Then I got to A level. I got to A level and I did a whole piece about a real life murder and abduction of a girl. Yeah. Um, it's never nice and stuff, is all it? The di- all the dialogue was made up of um, real life quotes from serial killers. And um, I. The, the this piece explains ended, a lot. <laughs> the piece ended in me in a dress that slowly got dirtier and bloodstained throughout the whole piece, and I pretended to hang myself at the end. Oh, yeah. I think there was an element of physical theatre to our um, Blair Witch piece. I think I we got hung off a tree, which was just like, you know, the kids who didn't really want to be there in drama, they got to play the mm. trees and we'd hang ourselves off those. Aww, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They were like, I was supposed to be in an engineering course, but I've been given this. <laughs> You're like, you can be a tree, Dave. It's, uh, oh God, God, that takes me back. It was never nice stuff though, was it? Oh, speaking oh, of witches, at GCSE drama, we also did The Crucible. We did The Crucible. Um, I was, and is it Bathsheba? Is she in? Is there, is there a character called Bathsheba? I don't know, but I was, as a name, Sarah, the little bitch one who turns out to be the one who stirred it all up. I can remember, I, I think I bit the head off a chicken. I'm sure I but did. But I, well, I was the one who like turned out to be like shagging the local preacher and stuff. I played, I played a goon. Yeah. <laughs> I played a goon. We both did. We both. I mean, I to was, be fair, there's not many male roles in the Crucible, is there? So. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to be John Proctor. No. Sounds like Proctologist. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, (laughs) I'll put a pin in that because I believe that you want to test my Blair Witch knowledge. I do, indeed. I thought this was, this would be a good time, seeing as this is your episode, you've picked the film. I just want to show Mm. if you really know your stuff about this. I have a feeling you're going to do quite well with this, okay? But there's there's six questions and then multiple choice. Okay. Okay. So you guys can play along at home as well. I'll give you the answers as we go along. All right. Okay. Okay. So question number one. 
According to the introduction of the movie, in which month did the three students set out into the woods in 1994? Was it A, October, B, September, C, November, or D, August? So October. Ding, ding, ding. It was indeed, according to the introduction of the movie, it is October. There were Halloween decorations visible in several scenes before yeah. they actually entered the woods. The movie itself was released in 1999. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nicely done. You're one for one so far. I think you're going to ace this, to yeah. be honest. Hope so. so. Question number two. According to the introduction of the movie, what happened to the footage taken by the student filmmakers? Was it A, lost forever? B, found purposefully destroyed and later meticulously repaired. C, unintelligible. Or D, found one year later. It was found one year later. behind. It, they found it behind a rock. They found it behind some rocks. Ding, ding, ding. Correct again. So according to the spooky introduction of the film, the footage was found one year after it was shot. There is no mention of how the footage was found, which would have been quite interesting. Um, One may argue that the footage is unintelligible at times, but that was never present in the introduction. Fun fact, it later gets explained how it was found. It was found behind a wall where there was no way that somebody could have sealed it up because it was actually within the foundation of this this building that they found it at. Are you are you out travering my trivia? Is that what you're doing? So Is that what just, you're doing? Just something that I found there. <laughs> no, nicely done. I mean, it, again, <laughs> creepy as balls, creepy as balls. Mm-hmm. Question number three. What movie did Mike use as a basis of his decision to head east or west when prompted by Heather? Was it A, Pet Cemetery? B, North by Northwest, C, The Wizard of Oz, or D, Carrie? The Wizard of Oz. I'm just going to go for the gay one. It was indeed The Wizard of Oz. He asked Heather which witch was bad, East or West. She replied that the Wicked Witch of the West was the bad one. Mike replied, we should go East. (laughs) And there we go. To be fair, I thought that was going to be a link to, to Wizard of Oz. Question number four then. Who kicked the map of the woods into the creek? Was it A, Mike, Mike B, Josh, C, Heather, or D, Sheila? <laughs> it was Mike. <laughs> Who the f- Sheila? She- you know Sheila. <laughs> you know Sheila oh. with a press on nails. <laughs> <laughs> it was indeed Mike. Well done. He thought the map was useless and Heather didn't know what she was doing. So when he confessed this to the others, as they stumbled around trying to get out of the woods, Josh and Heather became insane with anger. I have some more fun trivia there. In the um, deleted scenes, you actually find out, you know where Heather and Josh are arguing with one another? And he's like, I gave you back the map, Heather. I gave you... There's actually a scene that shows that he never did and he was bullshitting and Heather, he actually had the... So he, the deleted scene, it explains how Josh actually crumpled up the map and chucked it on the ground and then Mike, Mike kicked it into the creek. So they're both responsible. I yeah. do love the fact that she turns around to Mike and then goes, if we die out here, it's directly because of you. Fully yeah. shifting the blame. All <laughs> men are trash. All, All men are trash. All men are trash. Number five, question number five. In the beginning of the movie, Heather bragged that they had enough battery power to run what? Was it A, Burkittsville, B, New York City, C, a third world country, or D, their university? Third world country. 
Ding, 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 ding. It was a third world country. Heather said this in the car as they set out for Burkittsville. They lost their lives long before they ran out of battery power or film. <laughs> Which is kind of funny when we go back to how it really happened and they needed an extra day in the woods because of batteries. But yeah. hey -ho, I, um, I did find that line quite funny because I was like, they've just explained away the fact that they've, they're in the woods for all this time and they don't need to recharge. So nicely mm -hmm. done. Question number six, then. Why did Josh blame Heather for being hunted by the witch? Was it A, she got them into this mess? B, she had carelessly lost the map? C, she didn't know how to read the map? Or D, she stole a trinket belonging to the Blair Witch? It's the last one. You stole that weird stick thing. Ding, ding, ding. You've done it again. I think you're six for six on this. I think you've got them all right. So yeah, she stole a trinket belonging to the Blair Witch. We don't actually see Heather take the trinket, but Josh blasted her for it later. As he did so, he filmed her all the while telling her what her motivation is like any good director. Mm. So, I mean, you know your shit. You know yeah. your shit. Well done. I love this film. Absolutely well done. Nailed it. So I hope you played along at home and I hope you did as well as our Liam did because he did very, very well. They can try, but I am <laughs> incredible. You aced this test. You aced mm -hmm. this test. Well done. I suppose then this brings us on to our usual part of the podcast where we talk about recommendations for the month. Yes. Or I suppose this is a little bit different being a Pride episode, but we do have some mm -hmm. recommendations relating to the subject of this month's episode. So I'll let you take the yeah. floor, Liam. So I've mentioned it several times already, but there is a book series called uh, the Blair Witch Files by Cade Merrill. They are incredible. They are aimed towards young adults, but I think that's just, just because there's not blood and guts. Um, they're actually really good reads, nice short reads that really do expand on the mythos. I highly suggest reading the first one, which is The Witch's Daughter. It's really creepy. Are they in a similar a vein to like the, the Goosebumps books then? Um, or are they a bit more mature? I'd, I'd say a little bit more mature than Goosebumps. But yeah, I really enjoyed them. The Witch's Daughter is the one I think about the most because on the original covers, it's just got this haunting image of a, an androgynous looking person with like electrical eyes. But the, the whole premise of the Blair Witch Files are mm. it's Heather's cousin who's... Recorded. That's just my cousin. Yeah, but then <laughs> it, they're all laid out like like actual files, like like this person's well, like memoir case files and all this. Stuff. Stuff. Yeah, really, really good. Um, the whole series is great. I mean, some of them aren't as good as the other, but obviously fantastic. And I also suggest playing that Blair Witch game. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen the documentary that aired before the film, it's it's widely available on YouTube, and, yeah. and so is. And so is the, the Scooby-Doo project. But um, watch that just to see at the time the buzz they created around this film. For any of our like younger listeners, uh, it really is a... You get a sense of what the world was like before everyone had access to like smart technology and every home mm -hmm. had the internet because not every home had the internet. It's such a time capsule, isn't it? That, that it really film. is. It, it, just, it just perfectly captures it all. Absolutely. So, um, and on top of those recommendations, I don't know if it's available anymore. There used to be a, I, I can't play it now, but you know, like the Slenderman game. Mm. There's, there was a Flash game that was the Blair Witch, but it was like set out like the Slenderman games. The um, Slenderman game literally scared yeah. the absolute shit out of me when I was at well, uni. I, I, th I think that informed the Blair Witch 
sequel so mm. um, yeah yeah i see it i see it so yeah i i suggest you go and find all that i don't know if you've got anything else that you want to suggest or have i covered the lot my uh, only recommendation would really be check out the 2016 Blair Witch film. I know that we, I, I know a lot of horror fans have different opinions on it, um, which is fair, but I love it personally. And I'd watch it in a dark room as loud as you possibly can. And I don't know. I'm excited to see where the series goes. If it's, uh, if we are going to get anything new, I think there's plenty of ways they could do it now. Even if, I don't know, online content, I think would be quite a, an interesting thing. We've got I TikTok. I think a, YouTube, got, a YouTube or yeah. a TikTok series would be a, re- a really cool way of going down that route. Or at least utilising that for the marketing. Do, do you yeah. know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I think the initial reveal is it is spent now like we know if we get a Blair Witch movie it's not going to be real the time we're in you can just google whether or not these people actually went missing and I think that was what was unique about the 99 film it was kind of it was more forums and blogs that existed then they still managed to do a bit of a rug pull with the 2016 in terms of the marketing so I'd be excited to see if they do something similar I'm any any new film a new project that mentions the woods or anything Mm -hmm. in any way I'm not going to trust it. Um, so, <laughs> I know. I'm fully expecting a, another, another I, rug pull I'm, I'm ex- to be fair. I'm expecting like a David Attenborough documentary. It's like, so here we have <laughs> this beautiful woodpecker. And then Part David of Attenborough gets cocks it. And it's like, oh God, here we go. You love it. it. Anyway, Poor guy. it's that time of the episode where I get to tell you some depraved story. <laughs> It's the hookup horror section. And this week, to be on theme, this one is set in the woods. Love it. Dim your campfires, guys. (laughs) Dim your tent lights. Get ready. My tale starts as many others do. I'm feeling some kind of way, so I get onto Grindr to find someone to pass the time with. Now I see someone on there who have been going up for some time, so decided to shoot my shot and just go for it. After a bit of back and forth with the usual what are you into, etc., we end up agreeing to hook up. He comes to pick me up, what a gent. And I get in the car after douching with it an inch of my life to the point where I felt my water was about to stream from my nostrils. Anyway, we have a laugh on the drive and I lose all track of time and space when I realise we're on some country road. I ask him, oh, do you, do you live in a, in a rural area then? To which he says, oh yeah, I didn't mention, I can't actually accommodate tonight, but I do know a place, don't worry. So this would be the point where alarm bells should be ringing, but my mind is only set on one thing. And after remodeling my insides for this man, I'm not going to let that go to waste. We pull up in a lay-by and he informs me it's only a short walk to where we're going. Let me pause to paint the scene for you. It's around 2pm on a Sunday. It's overcast, but warm enough that you only need a light jacket. We walk for about 10 minutes through a small dirt track in the woods until we come across a clearing with some downed trees and the remnants of a fire pit. Anyway, we start getting hot and heavy and doing the deed. We're having a great time, but then I hear a rustling and a snapping of some branches. While he is inside of me, I tell him to stop because of the noise, but he reassures me that he didn't hear anything. So we carry on. Things are going well, and I'm having the time of my life when suddenly I see a robed figure bursting through some nearby trees. 
I shout and tell this man to get off and get out of me. And that's when more people appear. I'm standing there with my trousers around my ankles while what looks like the Fellowship of the Ring is stood staring at me with the mouths which are. The grinder hookup quickly pulls up his own trousers and tells me to hurry up and we bolt it back to his car. So I'm shitting myself. When we get back to his car, he says, I can't believe they would do this. Smelling a stunt, I ask him if he set that up. I'm full on raging at this point and ready to punch him. He explains that his friends and himself use that area regularly to LARP, which is live action role play. And then it looks like they agreed to meet up without him. Yes, listener, he was more angry that his friends agreed to dress up as elves without him than he was about being caught balls deep. He then says he knows another place, but at this point, I'm not willing to be caught with someone trying to get their hands on my ring of power. So just tell him to drop me off at home. He asks for my number before I get out of the car and I hesitate. Now bear in mind that I've lusted after this bloke for a while, so I think it. Anyway, we do hook up a couple of times after that without any interruptions. And he asked if he could put his LARP costume on a couple of times. Well, dear listener, it turns out he's a rogue dark elf or something like that. And I told him he could keep his ears on next time we hook up. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Hooded figures appearing from the woods. So they were in full costume. <laughs> they were in like full, like... I didn't know that they were in full regalia. Like, <laughs> like full on, like... I thought you meant that they just talked to like... They they, they meet, met up to like talk about stuff. I didn't realise no, that they were in... Full <laughs> on, like... What's it called? World of Warcrafty. To be fair, I'd be pretty pissed too if, if I'd have missed out rings. on that. If, yeah, the shagging in the woods and then Gimli interrupts you. Nobody tosses a dwarf! <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, um, if you don't mind me asking, was, 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 that, was that you? That was one of mine. <laughs> I don't have to keep that in if you don't want me to. I don't mind, but... Uh, I'll, no, I'll I don't them. mind. Um, yeah, dear listeners, that was one of my own stories. I, I, I love it, though. It's perfectly it's, on theme. Yeah, what? that was... So, right, so... Um, I'll expand a bit more uh, now the big reveals out there. So, yeah, I fancied this bloke for ages. And then one day I was just like, I, I just need to, I just need to go for it. So I did. And then like, I couldn't believe my luck. So this is why I was like bypassing all the red flags, like going to the woods. I thought I was going to have like a twilight moment and we'd come across this meadow full of bluebells or he was going to be like... The fact that you did this during the day as well. Jesus, the balls on you. Oh my God. That's what he said as well, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. So I'm like like up against a tree. Like up against a tree. And I see like... Barbecue sauce on my titties. (laughs) Barbecue. (laughs) I see like this hooded figure emerged from like a thicket of trees after I swore I could hear voices and, and people walking I mean, it's a good stuff. job you didn't shit yourself because that would have been even worse. I mean, like I was, cl- look, I douched that much. It was impossible, <laughs> but like, and then, and then more of them. I thought he'd, I thought I was going to get killed. A and then, of elves. But the fact is. I thought you were going to say got, that they all joined in then and it was like some weird elf orgy. Oh, no, that would have been You would have been Lego last um, then if that yeah, happened. I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have been exploring my minds of Moria all night. <laughs> you shall not pass. 
a chlamydia test <laughs> um so yeah but like afterwards i was like one i used to have this motto and it was called think of the story so that's how it like no matter what was going on i'd be like just think of the story and it paid off and yeah afterwards i was like you know what i, I, I really fancy him we're gonna do it a couple of times and one yeah. time he said to me he was like do you mind if i put the costume on was it hot? I was like, it was. It was kind of hot, yeah. It was kind of hot. Like, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was all this, like, weathered leather and stuff. And, like, he had all these, like, daggers and stuff. And, I like, fake daggers. I was like, oh, yeah. It felt like I was, like, shagging Lee Pace from The Hobbit. I was like, oh, oh. yeah, this is nice. Now that, yeah. Now, yeah, but, okay. um, Yeah, obviously, times change and we don't do any more. I'm going to send him this episode. I'm going to, I've still please got him on it. I've got I, him on Instagram. You need to send me a picture of this guy afterwards, please. I, I, need, to, yeah, I need to see, um, see what you were working I've with. I've still got him on Instagram. So I might just send him this episode and be like, flashback. Hey. <laughs> Remember me. <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, well, you've killed it yeah. again, as usual. Thank you. I for know. Um, most of the stories are actually submissions, but I thought yeah. I need a wood themed one and I do have one. So rather than just do a call out for one, then bring you know, your just- own. Here's one I made earlier. Go for mine. I mean, there are volumes and volumes I need to go through. But <laughs> Yeah, that's what we should do on the podcast. You should just pepper in your own stories and I'll, I'll uh, maybe do the same. We'll just treat this like therapy. <laughs> I don't need therapy. I've had a great time. <laughs> well, speaking of a great time, next episode on this podcast for this month is um, going to be insane. I'm really hoping he doesn't listen to <laughs> think what the hell have I got myself into? Uh, well, with this being Pride Month, folks, we decided Gay that rights. we needed to we needed to really break the mold on this podcast. And we have none other than the wonderful Rod Thomas, aka Bright Light, Bright Light, joining us on next week's yes. episode. He's gonna come on, he's gonna talk all things horror. We're gonna talk about sure, and we're gonna talk about his career. And of course, his film of choice, Vamp. Ooh. Cannot and wait. He, I can't wait to watch it. I've not actually watched this one yet, so it's going to no. be fun. Um, I, I'm excited. All Grace all Jones. It's that it's vampires and Grace Jones in the eighties, and I'm like, okay, why have I not? Why have I not have watched we not this seen it? How have we not seen so, it? So. You'll find out our thoughts, but yeah, um, this is big for us because this is like, not to discredit any other guests that we've had, but this is like, <laughs> this, but no, but this is like, this is a guest who I like, I'm a fan of, like, and yeah. they like, have, they've like done some shit. Yeah, they I mean, were, I'm they, fully uh, planning on starting open, that episode with yeah. reeling off his his resume. So I mean, open opening apps for share on the European tour. Um, worked with Elton John, worked with the Sister Sisters. He's been on with, the same bill as Kylie at Hyde Park. Uh huh. Hello. And most importantly, best mates with one of the greatest human beings in the world that is Alan Cummings, who stars in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. And if if I really wish that was a horror film, so we could do an episode on that, um, because that is my favourite film of all time. Oh. We'll have to see what we can do. But yeah, I'm I'm hella excited for next week's episode. It's going to be amazing. Please tune in, everyone. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode I, I found this really fun discussing like yeah. one of our favorites because we've not really done this before we've not really done it where like one of us has picked a film and then we both mm. get together i've had a really really good time i'm very excited for, Me for too. Next, next week. I, I probably won't i probably won't sleep tonight because we've talked about that film too much and 
yeah, I'm probably going to be thinking about it. It's dark and I've got to go to the gym. So I'm probably going to look with that. Probably going to call my mum on the way there. <laughs> Hiya, you're all right. You're all right, Ash. Yes, you're all right. I've shares. As we were saying, this isn't your only Pride special. You've got us three times in your ears Triple this month. Triple feature this month. Triple, Triple feature. Oh, I get to use the word thrice. You get to listen to us thrice this year. I don't like thrice. that. I'm not a fan. Thrice. Are you not? not fa- no. Oh, that- thrice. That's making me feel a bit icky. I'm getting ick. I'm getting ick. Thrice. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this is your first Pride Month special. Obviously, Pride Month's a very important month. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's my busiest, but also most important and favourite time of the year. Booked and blessed. Um, Booked booked and blessed. and blessed. (laughs) Yes. So, keeping all that in mind, just remember to follow us on all your social medias, uh, we're on Twitter. We have some fun on there. We're on Instagram. We have some fun on there. We're in your basement. We have some fun in there. <laughs> we're in the woods. I'm, in, say, I'm <laughs> in your local woods and I'm definitely having some fun in there. Um, but yeah, so until next time, remember that closets were not made for people. They were made for monsters and babysitter killers. Bye. Nailed it. Bye. Happy Pride Bye. 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 Hey, right. <laughs> You've been listening to a podcast on the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. To show your support, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And you can find us on social media in the links in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.